0: With Ashley Frasca Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff Brought to you by Pike Nurseries On 95.5 WSB
1: Welcome to hour number three of the show Yeah, we've been at this for two hours, folks If you're just waking up good morning You missed the first part of the show But that's okay We talked a lot about caterpillars And what you're seeing in the landscape Some plant suggestions Uh, I recommend you go to wsbradio.com. There you can actually listen live on your computer to the show or any of our programming at WSB on wsbradio.com. But click on On Demand, and that's where you'll find all of our podcasts. And my three hours of green and growing are thrown up there by Jason Byers within minutes of the show ending at 9 o'clock. And you can listen to all three hours separately if there's something that you missed or wanted to hear again. And this segment coming up is definitely something you're going to want to listen to again because we're getting ready to... Throw some knowledge on you, drop some knowledge on you for sure I found Dr. Dave Coyle through social media And he works at the University of Clemson With the Extension Agency Assistant Professor In the Department of Forestry and Environmental Conservation And we have forged a pretty good relationship there, Dave, haven't we?
2: We have, good morning Ashley Good morning It's been been fun, it's been fun, the powers of social media, right?
1: Yes, it's amazing that I found you when I was starting off the show in February And I was like, ooh, a bug guy, a bug expert And like, I love friending people like you Who are just so knowledgeable and so friendly And love helping people And you were on the show back in May And so we brought Mm -hmm. you back because kind of the seasonal You know, I'm thinking bugs And you've got a, a big background in entomology I think, do you have like every degree possible in entomology?
2: I do, yeah That's what I thought You know, there's a fair number that can say that But it's not not the norm, I guess you could say, huh?
1: Yeah, so I love that And the things you post are just so engaging And the pictures that you're explaining to folks What we're seeing and what we're looking at So I wanted to bring you back Because fall is definitely a time to be thinking of pests Yeah, over the summer we dealt with Mosquitoes and flies and bees and all that kind of thing But fall can get a little more I don't know, it feels to me maybe dicey If we've got infestations of things that we don't want And things that y'all are really doing You know, data, like gathering data about these things And you speak to, across state lines Really all of you are in touch When there's something that's really a threat to our forests Or a threat to our community How all of you in the research community Kind of get together and share that knowledge So something you and I were talking about offline Was the Asian longhorned beetle Right and that's something that me I have not heard of but folks In your industry know it well They fear it tell us a little Bit about that and what we need to know
2: Yeah good segue Uh, As your listeners can probably guess It is close by so uh the Asian longhorn beetle, you know, obviously came from Asia. China's a big part of it. But it, it can affect a lot of different trees. It's a very big beetle, inch, inch and a half long, black beetle, white spots, big, long, black and white striped antennae. Uh, the adults don't feed a whole lot, but the larvae basically cause the wood to be Swiss cheese. So they'll mm. eat their way through the tree tree stem and tree trunk and branches, creating these big holes. I mean, there's you know, you could stick a pencil in the holes. It's wow. so large. And then what happens is that tree loses its structural integrity. So the next time you get any type of windstorm, you get big branches or tops. They just break and fall to the ground. And so this can be quite an issue, especially in places where you've got people or or things underneath it. Uh, Because of the tree types they hit, which is a lot of the eastern cottonwoods, the populous species, the willows, the birches, the maples, a lot of people have those in their yards. So a lot of yard trees can be affected by these things, and you get just a whole bunch of extra danger. Anyway, we found a big, well, a fairly good-sized spot of that in Charleston County, South Carolina. Is that really summer.
1: when y'all's antennas and warning flags first went off, was when it was found Antenna, there? Yes.
2: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you know, because we have, there's been several uh, infestations in North America, Toronto, Illinois, Ohio. Uh, the Northeast has some, but this Ohio one was the closest we had had to the southeastern u s. Uh, and so to find a really solid population in Charleston County was kind of like holy moly. we mm-hmm. got We got some work to do here. So we've been working all summer with folks from uh, you know North Carolina, especially Georgia. The Georgia Forestry Commission and I have been in touch quite a bit. Uh, Everyone's very concerned with the whole savannah area because that's really only about an hour away from where this infestation is. So, we're working to get you know everybody trained up. We've got a bunch of extension materials out there. I'd be happy to pass on to you to get to the people. And um, you know, we're just asking people keep your eyes open. If you see a great big black and white beetle, it's best to just let someone know. You know, better safe than sorry on this one.
1: So black and white, more black with little white spots, and very long antenna too. This guy. He's... Yeah,
2: the antenna can be you know two two and a half inches long. They can be really long antenna. So, so I think and, and like I said, it's a it's a big beetle and and I've ha- I've got some pictures on my Twitter account which we can reshare. Um, you know, it, it's not something you just miss. Like it's a big beetle that's sitting there.
1: Yeah, he's definitely a. Uh... Pretty dangerous looking too But it's funny that I asked you And by the way, you can see those pictures that uh, Dave was talking about At Dr. Dave Coyle D-R Dave Coyle That's his Twitter handle You post some great stuff And very educational You know, in a hundred words or less Like I love to know what we're looking at when you post things But um, me asking you Invasive species like this Or things that are a threat or a danger It's fascinating to me how you trace the like contact tracing almost like how you trace it back mm-hmm. to the first person that spotted it in South Carolina, had the wherewithal to notice it, ask about it, call it in. How did that happen? That story is interesting.
2: It's a it's a fascinating story and it really shows how lucky we get sometimes. So it was found in a in a you know residential community there. A lady, a retired lady, took a picture of this big beetle she found on her porch and she sent it to her son and I can attest it. anyone who is an entomologist, their parents send them pictures of bugs all the time. It's just kind of what happens. Uh, so her son was an entomologist and just happened to know exactly what this was. And she sent him this picture and said, hey, look at this cool beetle. And apparently he pretty much immediately rolled back and said, my, you got to tell somebody stat. This is probably the age of longhorn beetle. And so she called our state regulatory folks in South Carolina. And, you know, within a day they had the beetle. It's a very easy one for us to confirm and that's how we found it. You know, there it was, and it's been there for at least seven years, believe it or not. So there's been this big population of these things there that either nobody noticed or nobody cared enough to say anything about, um, to where it's you know it's over 20 square miles of infested area at this point.
1: Wow and is that the mo of a beetle because you're talking about the asian longhorned beetle and i'm kind of thinking about the ambrosia beetle too Is that their mo is boring into trees like that i mean the hole you mentioned is fairly large i know with the uh, Ambrosia beetle it's not as large but you see that sawdust almost toothpick coming out but is Is that them looking for food
2: yeah they're feeding on that so the 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 adult lays her egg on the trunk of the tree and the little larva you know the egg hatches the larva gets in there feeds on the phloem for a little bit that green tissue but then it bores straight into the wood and then it feeds on the wood for you know up to or over a year probably down here and you know you mentioned ambrosia beetles those often kick off that really fine dust that comes out of their holes these things are so large you get actual wood shavings
0: wow. you know little
2: eighth inch to quarter inch long wood shavings uh, that just Kind of fall at the base of the tree So you'll see the ground covered in these things
1: Wow, definitely something to be on the lookout for Asian longhorned beetle If, if you listeners want to do a little more research yourself Well, we do have a call for you, Dave 404, I, oh no I hung up on Dave <laughs> Well, we'll bring him back Robert and Tucker, good morning I know you've got a question and I was going to hold you over So that uh, Dave Coyle could answer But yeah, go ahead and ask the question
0: Good morning, Miss Fresca hey. And to you, Dr. Boyle
1: Thank you Robert Oh wait, hold on um, Jason, if you will yeah. This is radio at its finest Go ahead and lock Dr. Coyle in there Okay, woo, boy, there's too many buttons And I cannot be trusted Okay, Robert, your phone was cutting out I've got Dave back Robert, try to ask that question again
0: Sure Uh you want uh, Dave, would you like me?
1: No, your question
0: Okay. My question, well, it's actually not a question, it's a solution. Okay. Uh, the, the great Griffin and uh, Nicole, which I missed, and that, which really brought me to coffee today, uh-huh. we're both believers in uh, rescue feral cats, okay, oh, okay. Which, is the, which is the great solution uh, for, uh, you know, they're about the only predator left we have that have not been wiped out. But that's news to say on that, uh, for Dr. Cole, uh, of course, when, when you have indoor-outdoor animals, you have to deal with what? Fleas. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, now, my cats come in and out all the time, and they stay in my garage. So I water them with the bottom of a cor- of a rich bottle, which is solid white. Okay? Okay. And, and it's about uh, two inches. I, I, I just simply... Uh, cut them off about two inches, fill them up with water for, for the cats. Then all of a sudden I started noticing that all these fleas that I didn't know were on my cat were attracted to these saucers.
1: Now okay. that's that's interesting. And flea infestations definitely something to think about. Do you have any thoughts on that, Dave?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, any animal that's going to be going outside, you're at risk of getting fleas, and there's lots of you know treatments you can do to do that. We do know that some of those insects get attracted to certain, you know, color wavelengths, Uh, you know, and it sounds like this is a case of that fleas getting attracted. I think you said the bottom of the thing was white, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, we know in some other things, if you use a yellow trap, you get all sorts of, you know, certain kinds of insects. And and so there is some color attraction there. So that may be what's happening.
1: Interesting. We can't get in the mind of a flea, but yeah, that could be. So treating the animals, you know, and and what do you think about... Is there perimeter treatments outside of your house that are probably effective to keep fleas from getting in or they're just going to because they're on the animals?
2: I think, you know, you could perimeter treat your house, but unless your cat follows that same perimeter, it's probably not going to do a whole lot, in my opinion. I mean, the minute the cat goes outside your perimeter, it's got a chance of getting something on it. Yeah. uh, I, I tend to think the perimeter treatments of things is more for a homeowner's sort of peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I'm not personally convinced, and I've not seen data that really shows it works a whole lot other than the like immediate aftermath, right? So if you're going to have a barbecue or something, you can probably fog the edges of your yard and your shrubs and whatnot and knock the mosquitoes back for a few hours, and that might be good enough for that day. But as far as a long-term thing, you know, as soon as that treatment wears off, insects are going to move right back in there.
1: Alright, well Robert, thanks for the call there And for being a feline friend, we appreciate that And uh, we we didn't miss Nicole this morning She wasn't able to call this morning, but Nicole from Griffin is usually the first caller of the show Well, we're going to take a break, uh, Dave And then I want to talk to you a little bit about Tree drop and some of the leaf drop that is happening now and whether or not that's indicative of the tree's health And pine trees shedding their needles, oh my gosh, do we need to be worried or not? So I won't hang up on you this time (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry, so hang on and we'll be right back after this You're listening to Green and Growing and amateur host Ashley Frasca on WSB Great song, Jason That really gets you up and going on a Saturday morning Good morning, welcome back to Green and Growing Uh, I'm Ashley Frasca And I've got Dr. Dave Coyle along with me From Clemson University Talking about forest health and entomology And all things bugging you So luckily, he has agreed to stay Into the last half hour of the show So we will have a chance for more calls But first, Dave, i got to tell folks how In Metro Atlanta the weather is going to be today Brought to you by Finley Roofing Today and tomorrow Highs in the low 80s Lows around the mid 60s And you do have a slight chance For a stray afternoon thundershower possible Not likely It's going to feel a little humid So there you go So I wanted to talk to you We talked about the Asian longhorned beetle Which you and I are going to put some stuff out On social media about that That is really cool But I was asking you As far as your you know ex- extensive background With forest health and invasive species And all of that I spoke to a garden club yesterday in Dunwoody and I had a lady ask a great question I think it was a Yoshino cherry but it was a cherry tree and she was like you know it's dropped its leaves is this really early what was the deal and that got me thinking about you know trees now that are obviously shedding leaves and even shedding limbs what's the natural behavior for this time of year.
2: Yeah, the natural behavior. So you've got sort of pines and hardwoods, right? You, for your hardwoods, those are a lot of them are in the process of taking nutrients out of those leaves and sucking them back into the the roots for the winter, right? That's how they store their energy. That's what's going to let them releaf out next spring. So you're seeing a lot of different hardwoods. Uh, just you know, some of the leaves are getting a little yellow. Some are starting to drop. Uh, you know. Um, Tulip poplars are notorious for dropping leaves, and even in August, the minute it gets a little bit dry. So Mm -hmm. to see a little yellowing and some of this, and the same with branches. Think of every branch on a tree as it's it's either costing energy to keep alive from the tree's perspective, or it's making energy. See, there you go. Yeah, and the minute a branch starts costing more than it makes, The tree shuts it off and lets it go So just
1: the natural process And I also want to talk to you about pine needles And pines starting Mm -hmm. to shed their needles And things like that We're up against a news break Going to check news, weather, and traffic And we already have a couple of questions lined up for you Up first will be Peg and Tucker And we're also going to speak to Pike Nursery here In less than 10 minutes So don't go anywhere A lot of the show left Right here on 95.5 WSB
0: Half an hour left to go.
1: So much stuff in the show. I wish I had at least another hour to share with you because we've talked about a lot of cool stuff on the show. So, as I've said before, go on wsbradio.com, click on demand, and there you can listen back to the three hours of the show. Not up yet because the show's not over, but it'll just be a matter of time until after nine o'clock. You can listen to that throughout the weekend. If you miss some of the show and you're just out gardening or out exercising, walking with the dog like uh, my friend Steve is this morning, you can go back and listen. Well, this is the time of The show every Saturday that we have Pike Nurseries on to join us What they're featuring, what they're carrying in the nurseries That you want to be on the lookout for this weekend And this coming week, so Desiree Hyman, it's been a while But good to have you back Yeah, good morning Good morning, so I wanted to start off We're going to be talking about pumpkins, which is super cool Like in my mind, you cannot have a fall photo op Without a mom and a pumpkin on your front stoop When you take a family photo or something But I wanted to start off by letting you know some good news Folks have reached out to me And this is the time of year When they're starting to think about Sprucing up their landscape, right? Or just doing something different Mm -hmm. Cooler weather They can get out there And just destroy stuff And wreck it Just to build it back up So I've recommended The Pike Landscape Design Services To a lot of folks And if you just have About a minute, Desiree Kind of bring folks up to speed On what you guys do As far as the landscape design Portion of the nursery
3: Yeah, absolutely I mean, as you guys know Fall is the best time to plant So if you're looking to do whether it's a complete overhaul or just a little area to spruce up, uh, we have a variety of landscape services. So our landscape design service is kind of the full service. So if you're looking to kind of redo your whole landscape, uh, one of our designers will actually come to your house, and you know everything of course is socially distanced, etc. But we'll get information so that we know what you want to do in your yard. Do you want to do family gatherings? Do you want it, you know a place to just retreat and be quiet? Um, Do you have certain colors that you like or is a plant that you just love or that's meaningful to you? so we get your input, and then our designer takes a look and kind of looks at all the horticultural pieces, you know, what is the drainage, what is the sun, et cetera, and puts together a custom landscape design plan that is, you know, perfect for kind of your lifestyle and your home. Um, So we can do the full design, and then if you love it, we will, you know, we'll be happy to make that, landscape of design a reality and do the installation as well but another option is if you just want to maybe you want to help pick out the plants come into our stores we also have a pick and plant service so that's
0: cool too. if you
3: just want to do the fun part of picking out the plants but we'll dig the holes and plant them for you we have that as well so we really try to work with you and kind of scale up and help you as much or as little as you want to get that landscape that You've always wanted.
1: That's amazing. So that's a great service that folks can go to any Pike Nursery location and and get to talking with your staff about that or just I think they can book An appointment on
3: pikenurseries.com, right? Yep, absolutely. You can go uh, to pikenurseries.com and you can see some different projects that we've done to get ideas and you can actually, you know, book your appointment right there. Then we'll give you a call to get it scheduled, ask you a few more questions and get the ball rolling because it's fall
1: and it's beautiful and we all want to be outside We do and starting to think about you know fall planting and vegetable gardens I did pumpkin seeds about a month ago and it's a little too late for folks to do that now But they're in luck they, if they're not trying to grow their own pumpkins Which I can't guarantee I am so I may be seeing you guys in a couple of weeks If I'm just not having any luck there But coming into Pike Nursery you've already got so many different varieties of pumpkins in stock
3: yeah, and I think that's kind of been the fun part with pumpkins. I feel like when we think of pumpkins, we think of the very traditional orange pumpkin. We call it the jack-o'-lantern pumpkin that, you know, people are used to carving with the kids or just kind of putting on the stoop. Um, I know, people are doing decoupage on pumpkins, et cetera, so that's the classic. But I think what's fun is there's so many more options, and we're seeing that people are really getting kind of artsy and having fun with pumpkins. I can tell you one of my personal favorite is the ghost pumpkin. Mm. So it's kind of that medium pumpkin, nice pumpkin shape, but it's white. So it has a very clean look. Um, If you are going to decoupage the pumpkin, that's a really fun one. But it also goes really well with a lot of kind of the trends we see in houses with all of the grays or even a modern look. So it still has that fall feel. It's just a little bit cleaner and crisper. So that's
1: that's my personal favorite, I, I have to be honest. Ghost pumpkin, and it's white, so naturally named.
3: That's cool. <laughs> right. And then for those that, you know, want a smaller pumpkin to use various sizes or that are the bakers, we know that, you know, we all love our pumpkin muffins and scones and fries, etc. The pumpkin for you is the pie pumpkin. So it's a nice orange pumpkin, a little bit smaller, has that nice long stem that looks so pretty in pictures, but it's also the absolute best pumpkin to use for baking. So it's got that kind of nice, firm flesh on the inside that's a little bit sweeter as well. So, you know, if you're making different pumpkin items, that's that's the pumpkin you're going to want to make sure that you bring home with you. Nice. And a few more types, right? Yeah. We have heirloom. So that's just a lot of different kinds of pumpkins, different colors, sizes from more of that burnt orange to light green, Some of them are a little bit more kind of squatty and short. Sometimes they're called a Cinderella pumpkin. So it's a whole variety of pumpkins um, with different colors and a lot, you know, you're seeing them in kind of all the magazines. And it's a really fun way to to dress up your front porch is to use the heirloom pumpkins because there's just so many different varieties. And then uh, we also have knuckleheads. So (laughs) kind of a fun name. Uh, People also refer to it as a warty pumpkin. Mm -hmm. So it has uh, a little bit more of an elongated shape. It's an orange pumpkin, but it's really known for, like, the bumps or warts on the pumpkin that are all over that are green and brown. So if you're trying to do kind of a spooky display, that's one that you need to make sure that you have in the mix. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, we have the mini pumpkins, which are, you know, the tiny little pumpkins that fit in your hand, um, you know, perfect for any displays. Also, if you want to do kind of place settings or even, you know, putting pumpkins basically anywhere on your house, even if it's your bedside table. A really kind of fun option. Also, you know, very fun for, you know, the little small kids so that they can kind of carry pumpkins as well. And those we have in orange, white, and then one called tiger stripes. So it's white with kind of orange stripes on it, which is kind of fun as well. So
1: that is definitely something, folks, you want to think about this weekend. If you and the family are out, pop by a pike nursery and let the kids just explore all these different kind of pumpkins that Desiree just listed off. And I am really glad that COVID did not steal our fun this year. You still are doing (laughs) the All You Can Carry Pumpkin Challenge. So really quickly, tell folks what that is.
3: Yes. So we're still doing it, but you have to bring the family so the family can help you out. And that's, um, we do it every year So it's basically as many of a jack Lantern So the orange pumpkins, medium size You load up as many as you can in your arms You have to be able to carry them And we do that for twenty-four ninety-nine. So the more pumpkins you can carry, the better the deal How fun, now is the time So head to
1: Pike Nursery for pumpkins You've already got the pansies and violas in stock Mums, of course and all yeah. kinds of colorful things we were talking earlier in the show just about all of that fall color and it's there it's there at Pike Nursery. So, um, Desirée, if you don't mind, tell folks how to find locations near them in Metro Atlanta.
3: Yes. So, if you go on either Instagram or Facebook, you can get some little little inspiration at Pike Nurseries or if you're not if you're new to us or you haven't been to Pike Nurseries you check out our website at com, and you can find your closest location. So fun. And how does, um how
1: long, I'm going to put this on the Facebook page, how long does the All You Can Carry Pumpkin Challenge last?
3: It's usually until mid-October. Oh, okay. So we've got a few yeah. weeks. So you, yeah, you have a little bit of time, but when you do it, take pictures. We know that everyone loves posting pictures with their pumpkin, so you know, by all means, as you're picking them out, have some fun, post some pictures, and please take us online at Pike Nurseries. We love we love to see what you're doing. Yes, tag Pike
1: Nurseries for sure. Desiree, always great to hear from you. Thank you so much and have yeah. a happy fall. Yes, happy fall. Perfect weather. Perfect. <laughs> we'll be seeing you, girl. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. All right. All kinds of pumpkins at Pike Nursery, more than I knew existed. So back on the show with me is Dr. Dave Coyle from Clemson University. Ah. Thanks for hanging on. Did you know there was that many kinds of pumpkins?
2: I did not. I know. The- I've learned I've learned something today. Well, and so you've got the kids. Good.
1: So, yeah, you got to yeah. go check them out. Especially like a little boy would be fascinated by the ghost pumpkin. That one sounds neat, the white one.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I anything odd, anything odd fascinates them. So, you know, they'd be a winner. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Oh, I love kids. I love this time of year for them. So, we've talked about the Asian longhorned <laughs> beetle and there's so much more I would love to talk to you about. The show is only so long. But you and I have shared that information on Twitter. Folks can follow you at Dr. Dave Coyle, D-R, Dave Coyle. And uh, we wanted to talk really quickly. I've got one more call for you. But I wanted to talk quickly about pine tree health. And I had a dead one fall on the fence a little over a week ago. And I should have known. I mean, all you got to do is look up and see that the tree's not healthy. Woodpeckers had gotten the bark off of it. The bark had just fallen off. But when just our healthy looking ones start to shed needles, is that something to be afraid of?
2: Yeah, with pines, the whole key is how how are the needles dying? You know, and the normal needle drop for pines happens every fall. And what you see is, you know, the whole pine itself can look a little brownish, but if you look at each branch, you're only seeing the the needles that are older. So not at the end of the branches. The end, end of the branch stays bright green. And those older needles turn brown. That's just the needles, you know, needles or leaves. That's just the tree dropping their leaves uh, in the fall. And pines do that fairly regularly. That's where we get pine straw. Uh, If you start to see other types of needle browning where, you know, maybe it starts on the end of the needle and works its way in or it's going all the way to the tip of the branches, that's a bigger sign that there's something else happening there.
1: Okay, so definitely at that point, you may want to reach out to an arborist Or go to the extension office and ask a little bit more about that If you think the the pine tree is in decline, because it will fall, I guarantee you Well, we've got a question for you, Dave Peg and Tucker, quickly, good morning, what's your question?
2: Yes, uh,
3: Dr. Dave, the uh, Asian longhorn beetle that you were talking about uh, Can you compare that to a progressive bee fly? I found one, and it took up about two thirds of a mayonnaise jar.
2: Ooh. It was that big. <laughs> yeah, but, there are some big. There's some big bugs out there. That's for sure. Uh, uh, you know the whole. Sorry, go ahead, Tank. Well, else? I was just going to
3: ask. Uh, uh, I, I, I found a book of it, but but I don't think I don't think this bee fly is as big as that. And what you talked about. I mean, we're talking three inches.
2: The body of the Asian longhorn beetle is at least an inch, an inch and a half long, and it's black. It's, it's a you know, hard black beetle with white spots on it. It's got those really long antennae. That's a, another real key characteristic, mm-hmm. and those antennae are black and white striped. And if you see the beetle, if it's dry, the feet actually look blue.
1: That's okay, cool. It's tough to
2: yeah, it's tough to see if it's wet or, or anything like that. But if it's dry, those feet have a real, legitimate blue tinge to them. So those are the three things. You know, there's lots of big bugs out there, but the key is you've got a, bl- a black beetle with white spots. You've got you know very long striped antennae, and then those bluish feet. That's the other thing to look for. And I love. And if you ever have, oh go I ahead. I was going to say, if there's ever any doubt, take a picture and mm-hmm. send it to your local extension agent. And they should be able to point you in the right direction.
1: Exactly. I think that's so important. Like you said, just people being aware of their surroundings, that's key. And that's what kind of helped us find this guy hanging out in South Carolina. And now we're trying to work with the Georgia Forestry Commission to keep it from from getting further into Georgia, Dave. And I love how Peg and all of the listeners and the callers to this show... They do their own you know, investigative research And detective work a lot of times before they call So I love that she at least tried to look it up You know, find what it was But may or may not be that beetle It sounds like what you saw, Peg, is a little bit bigger Than this Asian longhorned beetle So thanks for the call Well, we're going to take a break And Dave, I'm going to come back with you I want folks to learn more about what you're working On what you're doing And how to find you online and on social media Because you post some fascinating stuff So we're going to share that with you When we come right back on Green and Growing You're listening to WSB we we'll count. The show has flown by this morning, so thanks to all of you with great questions and great calls. We'll do it again next Saturday and Mickey Gazaway is going to be with me for a portion of that time. So, plant recommendations, plant questions, get them into her next Saturday 404-872-0750. Today, the weather update today and tomorrow very similar. It's going to be partly cloudy. chance for very isolated showers tomorrow, highs in the low 80s and lows in the mid-60s. That's according to Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz. Well, Dave Coyle back with me, and I'm sorry we didn't have time to engage more with listeners, but I was super fascinated by the Asian longhorned beetle we were talking about. Um, You're with the Department of Forestry there in the College of Agriculture at Clemson University, and... Yeah, I had someone on Facebook be like, we want local experts Well, you are local You, <laughs> South Carolina and Georgia are very similar And you're right on the Georgia side of, of the South Carolina line, Dave So I appreciate you being on And we see a lot of the same things But if you don't mind, give us some resources maybe That people can go look up some of the things we talked about And just some other forestry health issues they may have
2: Yeah, we, you know, we do a lot of uh, just general forest health stuff. So you mentioned my Twitter at D-R-D-A-V-E-C-O-Y-L-E. We put a lot of stuff on our Clemson Extension, uh, you know, Facebook pages, our Home and Garden Information Center. If you Google Clemson H-G-I-C, that stuff pops up. And I do live in Georgia. I live just outside Athens, and I was at Georgia for a number of years. So I still work very closely with the folks at uh, UGA's Warnell Forestry School, the Georgia Forestry Commission, UGA Extension, they all have good web pages that are up there and you know, I know I'm wearing orange and purple now, but I would say <laughs> my work is fairly fairly evenly split between the two states. So I, I consider myself local to both states at this point.
1: Yeah, and so much of the work you all do, you put your heads together, you know, you're tackling the same problems and it's all for the for the greater good. So Doctor Dave Coyle, I really appreciate you being back and how about we do this again in the spring?
2: That would be awesome Thanks
1: Ashley I love it Thank you so much For your help And for the couple of calls That we had That uh, had really relevant Bug questions And pest questions You can always pass That stuff along to me On the Facebook page Just search Green and Growing WSB You'll find me there And I will answer Those things Outside of the show, Monday through Friday, when I have a chance just to get to some of your great questions, plant identifications and pictures you send and things like that. And we will be back next Saturday. We're going to talk to Walter Reeves again about uh, Caterpillar, part number two. Today was Venomous Caterpillars. And next Saturday is just going to be regular fall caterpillars. We want to keep those around, but they can be damaging to the landscape. So what you can do about them and Mickey Gasway will be along to help answer your questions. So be well. Go dogs! I hope you stay tuned right here on WSB. Pre-game and tailgate starts right after Dave Baker's Home Fix-It show at noon. Kickoff at 4 from Arkansas. Have a great weekend.